Do you want to lead initiatives to advance patient care? Do you want flexibility to work in various practice settings? Do you want to do it all? As you continue your journey towards a specialty choice, let the American Academy of Family Physicians, AAFP, help you with valuable resources. Visit aafp.org meded to learn more. Choose more. Choose family medicine. Do you find yourself thinking, man, I wish we were learning about fill in the blank. So what happens when you spot a glaring gap in your medical education? Maybe you think to yourself how annoying that is, or do you carry on in silent frustration? Or maybe you leave it as a distant wish or just a brief thought. But you can do so much more. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Medical students at the Yale School of Medicine have recognized the need for understanding sociology and health justice as an important part in the development of physician professional identity, as well as how these principles underscore the social determinants of health that impact patient care. Joining us today is Dr. Daniel Gauger. Hi, my name is Dr. Daniel Gauger. I'm a recent graduate from East Tennessee State University Quillen College of Medicine and AMSA's new Education and Advocacy Fellow for 2017 and 2018. Daniel spoke with one of the leaders of this group of innovative students who engaged in a curricular reform project within their institution, Robert Rock. Hello, my name is Robert Rock. I'm a fifth year medical student at the Yale School of Medicine, and I am the co-founder of the U.S. Health Justice elective course here. The group's appreciation for a glaring content gap in their learning, their advocacy efforts, and their commitment to their own education progressed from what began as a student-led health justice elective course into a comprehensive health justice curriculum for their medical school that's further supported by an interprofessional student group for health justice. Here's Daniel. So, Robert... I know that we've spoken a little bit in the past, and I think that you have an incredible story that a lot of medical students can learn from in terms of what you have done to engage in your school and engage in your curriculum um, to advocate for things that you think are important. So could you just start off by telling us a little about your health justice elective and what all you all teach and learn about? Um, So the elective is called U.S. Health Justice, and it's dedicated to educating health profession students, um, that's nursing students, um, physician associate students, and medical students about um, the structural causes of domestic health inequalities, as well as skills to intervene at the level of the patient, community, and policy. Um, The course is a semester long, and um, we, it's, consists of facilitated seminar discussions, community outings, workshops, um, standardized patient simulations, and some other things. What spawned the idea for that course, and what what kind of work went into developing that from your perspective? In terms of the idea that spawned it, really health justice was what I went into medicine for in the first place. So I came to Yale hungry to learn to be a better physician for, you know, the populations that I wanted to serve in terms of like marginalized socioeconomically um, populations in the United States. When I got here, I met Tareen Rahman, who we started at Yale at the same time, and she had very similar interests. Um, And we kind of clicked because we were really 
you know, peas in a pod when it came to that. And throughout the first semester, we grew really frustrated with the lack of content in our curriculum around health inequality, around social medicine. Um, we knew that this would be important in our future practice and that better was possible in terms of training. Um, so I really think around the winter break of our first year, um, we decided we're done asking, we're done waiting. Let's be proactive and and make something happen. Um, so in terms of our prior experiences that kind of like informed what we were doing, um, Tareem went to Columbia for undergrad and she was a volunteer in health leads as well as a bunch of different things. Um, myself, I did some volunteer research at NYU Med um, around community-based research. So we had a general idea that there are things that exist that med students should know about, that they can be interested in, um, that the definition of research is wider than you know what some institutions would choose to define it as. Um, and I would say February of our first year, we just hit the ground running. Um, we started reading all of the available literature in like med ed journals. Um, we spoke with upperclassmen asking whether things would be better in the second and third year. Um, we also asked them for advice in terms of like what faculty and community members could we reach out to if we wanted to learn more about these things. Um, the list of faculty that they gave was really the list of people that we just met with. So for the entire semester, we were meeting with faculty member after faculty member after community member, um, really, trying to get a better understanding of the playing field at Yale and in the city of New Haven in terms of what was going on, what were the major social determinants that, that community members were facing. Um, it really helped me to understand the city that I was in, the environment that I was in, and we really built a community. Um, we Certain faculty agreed to join like a loose steering committee um, who, who advised us around the summertime. Because by then we had read so much and learned so much and found different people who would be a, a, uh, effective lecturers or facilitators or tour guides um, that we just kept submitting drafts of our um, the curriculum that we were building up to the different faculty over that summer. And so by the start of our second year, um, we ran a pilot of the course. Wow, that's a that's an incredible story. So, do you feel like that your institution was very receptive and already open to the idea of trying to incorporate more social justice teaching and the social mission of medicine? Do you feel like that your school of medicine was already open to that and ready to just look for people who would push it forward, or? Do you feel like that you experienced a, a few struggles along the way? I think we've experienced more struggles than not. There were a few bright lights which were extremely bright because they offered us some um, financial support. Um, but for the most part, no one ever really told us no. But if they're not saying yes, it might as well be a no in terms of people being willing to offer their time or you know being willing to go to bat for us. Um, so... It was, it was definitely a challenge in terms of there were a lot of the professors that were brought in front of us in their standard curriculum, you know, didn't see eye to eye with us in terms of what we were trying to do or, or our vision for what medicine can be in terms of its social mission. So we had to go off the beaten path for a lot of things to just find people who were researchers and physicians who interact with um, students more in the clerkship years um, who could serve as mentors and 
discussion facilitators. So you mentioned that after you you and your partner did a lot of research and found a few faculty mentors that you eventually piloted this course. Can you tell me a little more about where that course has gone from its initial pilot and where it is now and sort of what its new trajectory is? It was the fall of 2014. We piloted the course. It was 11 sessions, which really addressed like the social determinants of health and interventions on the interpersonal community and policy level. Um, after that, the course went really well. The students loved it. It was not for credit. Um, students actually didn't know they were being fed. <laughs> we were lucky enough to get some funding to like give students a small dinner every time they came. Um, the discussions were really incredible. I think the students who decided to take part in the pilot were really hungry for this knowledge, but also for this community. Um, and I think those two things, like the hunger for this stuff and the support, the supporting community that the course created, um, really facilitated its progression over the years. So Tareem and I ran the course the first year, but the next year I went into clerkships and then Tareem went away to get her MPH. And so neither of us were really available to run the course again. However, students who took the course loved it so much and felt committed to it enough to take it over and run it the second time. So they followed our template, but innovated and switched things around and really improved on it. Um, and when they ran it, so the first year, 20 students took the course. Um, the second year, uh, 32 students took the course. Um, and then the third year after that, which was this past fall, we a new group of students who took the course previously ran it for the third time. Um, and just student interest is constantly building. So honestly, I only ran the course once and have served as kind of a mentor or um, liaison for students who took over the course after. What kind of what kind of impact has this elective course that's student run with faculty advisement had on your school's administration and the larger curriculum of the school? So, the I believe that the two largest effects that the course has had. Um, that actually caused the ripple effects that I'll describe in a little bit were that it brought together a community that didn't have a space to discuss these things at first. And it showed that community that better is possible. So I think those two things like strength in numbers and knowing that better exists really gave students the confidence to approach the administration and, and demand more. And then also um, the... U.S. Health Justice course ended, like the first pilot course, ended two or three weeks before um, the National White Coat die-in after the um, Eric Garner um, verdict came down. And so with that added momentum, we were able to put three of the actual sessions into the main curriculum uh, for the medical school. And there have been ongoing discussions and different committees that have been put together um, around issues of diversity, inclusion, and social justice as they relate to research, education, um, student representation, and admissions at Yale. So it's an ongoing process, but the, the 
the faculty and the administration are, are much more receptive to it than when Tareem and I got here. Do you think that maybe a reason for that is the community that you've all built and sort of passed down? I would definitely say so because it has evolved from a community to something of an army. Um, students, two years after the course was started, um, put forth demands to the administration that included things um, related to health justice in education, but it was also environmental and like just the climate of the, the, the medical school. But since then, a lot of students who took the class have ended up on curriculum committees and other committees really advocating for what they believe in and trying to leave this institution better than they found it. How do you, uh, so how has this course um, tied into your interprofessional uh, U.S. Health Justice student interest group? So the interest group actually grew out of the fact that more students wanted to take the course than could actually fit into the course. And that after students finished the course, they wanted more. So the idea was to broaden the discussion um, so that students who aren't health trainee, healthcare provider trainees could take part. So as I said before, the course is only for med students, nursing students, and PA students, but the collaborative is open to anyone and everyone. Um, we have great representation from students who are interested in public health, um, some students who are interested um, in the school of management around like healthcare innovation. Um, we're trying to develop new relationships with the school of forestry. And we collaborated on a, a medical legal partnership um, symposium with the School of Law. Um, I think just the, the spirit of what we are trying to do translates easily into a lot of different professions and just lends themselves to incredible conversations. Because I mean, the health inequities that we face in this country are multifaceted and it's going to take more than a prescription pad or one single profession to solve them. So it lends itself out of necessity um, to being very inclusive and interdisciplinary. It sounds like that you all have revolutionized your, your educational space and are affecting some pretty incredible change. What kinds of impacts have this course and your students that have taken the course and your, your interest group, what kinds of impacts have those groups of people had on your community at large? I think everyone takes a different perspective on the community and its value. I think some students have really used it as a way to find mentors who would otherwise be hard to find otherwise um, people to do research with after their first year and things like that. For me, and I would say for Tareem as well, the U.S. Health Justice Initiative, both the course and the collaborative, has really created a sense of community here that I never felt before. Um, when I first got to Yale, I definitely was suffering from imposter syndrome. And the community at the medical school didn't really encourage going to certain parts of the city. So the fact that we created these amazing bonds, that we created this place where people know that if they're passionate about them, these things, they can go and find like-minded individuals have really helped to make this place a lot more like home for me and for a lot of other students. Why do you think that health justice, U.S. health justice, is important as a whole 
for healthcare professional students and AMSA members? Well, I think the the concepts of social medicine, of health inequities, of you know the role of healthcare trainees in addressing them, is pivotal to our careers. Whether or not we're taught about them in training, we will confront them undoubtedly um, in our clerkships, in residency, as future providers. Um, and there are pl plenty of studies that you know talk about providers being broadsided by the social determinants of health and, and people with circumstances, whether nutritionally, food access, domestic violence, or things like that, that they never really felt fully prepared to address. Um, and, you know, in a crowded um, that I know, I, I'm sure it's similar in nursing and PA programs because those are even shorter. Um, there isn't a lot of time dedicated to exploring these issues into in, teaching students how to rely on other professions and other areas of expertise to address these things. Um, so I think it's our obligation as the providers to, of tomorrow to our future patients to be as best prepared as possible. And I think courses like U.S. Health Justice and you know courses around the country like it are pivotal to that. And the fact that they're like popping up organically is really a testament to, you know, this critical consciousness that students are are gaining and and really demanding of their institutions. So for other healthcare professional students and physicians in training out there who may be seeing um, similar feelings within their own student communities arising or are interested in this themselves, or maybe they identify other curricular content gaps within their own medical institutions, what advice do you have to helping retool that institutional perspective or try to change their curriculum? I think reaching out to other students at other institutions who are you know, at different phases of doing that is the best first step. Um, I think it's really hard as, you know, a, a student who is new to healthcare and new, new to healthcare training to feel the sense of confidence to say, I know better than my instructors and I want to do better. It wasn't until Tareem and I really ventured out to see what is possible that we gained the confidence to say, nope, we better can happen here now there are resources available so i would say students should reach out like be a part of amsa and other national student organizations and use that as a platform to you know ask for help to ask for resources and to ask for advice dovetailing off of that how do you feel or what do you think amsa as an organization can do to help students engage in reforming their medical education and um, engaging in social justice advocacy initiatives as well? I think at the first level, um, AMSA should continue to encourage the development of a critical consciousness about what and how we're taught. Um, as our health systems continue to change, there's going to be continued space for innovation in the fields of med ed um, and giving the students the confidence and the support to question, to doubt authority, to speak truth to power um, is really 
the key ingredient to making any of this possible. So, you know, promoting that critical consciousness and then um, advertising and celebrating the success of students who are doing that around the country so that other students are inspired to do the same. And, and not only within the realm of like peer reviewed literature as academics, but as whole people um, advocating and organizing for a better present and future. What, um, <clears throat> what is the future of this course and, and what is your future as well? Do you wanna go into medical education? Um, I've been teaching in some capacity since high school, and I doubt that whatever career path I go down, teaching won't be a part of it. But at this point, I'm really interested in advocacy and policy specifically. So it's still kind of up in the air um, in terms of like what I'm going to do. But in terms of the future of the course, I look forward to the day when this content is no longer considered extracurricular. Um, the more we put into the main curriculum, the better. Um, however, I would like the course to continue as an advanced elective because there will be students who have a background in this, already know this is what they want to do and, and want more than the bare minimum. Um, and in the perfect world, this advanced elective would be attached to a system with a more robust guidance apparatus for students from across the university looking to make health equity and social medicine a major part of their career. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Daniel Gauger, Pete Thompson, and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Joey Johnson is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. If you've been enjoying AMSA AdLib so far, please let others know about the show by giving it a rating in iTunes. Just visit amsa.org adlib for quick links to our reviews page, or you can just search for AMSA AdLib in the iTunes store. And don't miss any upcoming episodes. Be sure to subscribe today.